Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining your host here, Michael Rubino, for another episode here. Uh, today, I have an American businessman, uh, but also IAQ expert and an amazing philanthropist. Not only that, but he's he's a great friend and mentor to me as well. His name is Vinny Lobdell. And uh, for those that don't know Vinny, uh, I'm not going to do you the injustice of telling your story for you. I'm going to definitely ask you this. So, um, But I, I've known him for so long as CEO of Healthway and Vinny, just just tell everybody a brief story about you know how you you came to be the CEO of Healthway and and what that meant to you. Yeah, you know, well, thanks, Michael, for having me on. I love following your work and all the great stuff you're doing around the country. So, uh, congratulations on that. Very important work you're doing. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate um, to work alongside my father. My father had um, really worked hard in the IAQ space very early on. Him and I joined forces in 2003 and started Healthway. And our, our real goal at Healthway was to provide real true solutions to really the number one health epidemic of our time, air quality, right? It impacts every aspect of our lives. The problem is, is we can't see it. And we would build products for other companies. Many companies that you'd see in the market today, we would actually build those products for them based on their needs and their goals. Um, we shifted over time to really focus on the commercial marketplace. We knew that basically every building with a door needed what we had. Um, it was just getting people to understand that. And so we built, you know, every type of air cleaning technology you can imagine from UV to HEPA to ALPA to uh, ASHRAE filtration to, um, you know, many different types of filtration. And we basically, our core line of products was a, a patented line of technology that we developed with a research lab that really gave us the ability to focus on providing the highest level of ultrafine particle removal with the lowest pressure drop. Um, you know, we wanted to make sure we were really removing a lot, but we were also being mindful of energy use, et cetera, which is really important nowadays. Everyone talks about, you know, um, energy costs and savings, et cetera. Uh, we really grew that business and the business people started to become more aware of that business. Um, and we launched another brand called Intellipure. Intellipure was a, a more B2C brand of products that were more consumer driven, where Healthway was more of an OEM provider of medical grade air cleaning. And we also um, were co-founders and owners of the Pure Wellness brand. And we always knew much like what you're doing now in your business, Michael, is it's not just about air quality. It's about really understanding the total building envelope and looking at the space and seeing how it's best to treat the environment. What are we removing from the space? Um, how are we ventilating the space? What products are we using to clean the space, et cetera? And so Pure Wellness was a brand that really gave us the ability to go into hotels like Hyatt's, Hilton's, Marriott's, Carlton's, all over the world and provide a seven-step patented process to really help them control uh, the indoor environment in that space. Uh, we grew that business. Um, and in, as COVID hit in 2020, um, we were on the front lines in Wuhan. We provided all the Wuhan hospitals with medical grade air filtration and air cleaning. And as it quickly shifted to different parts of the world and people started to realize that it was airborne, we were called on by some of the most mission critical uh, governmental agencies and schools and hospitals around the world from New York City Health and Hospital, New York City Public Schools, to Chicago Public Schools, to providing all the support for the United Arab Emirates field hospitals. And so, you know, for me, uh, being in the business for over 20 years, I felt really blessed that at a time when the world needed it most, we were there and uh, felt very blessed with that. I've since um, left the day-to-day -day business. My father and I are both no longer with the organization. We have uh, now uh, moved out and it was purchased by a private equity firm. Great company doing great things and they're continuing to build Healthway out. Uh, but again, I've stepped back and I'm no longer there today. 
Oh, thank you for telling us that. And just to, I just want to reiterate, because I know you're not going to say this about yourself here, but you know, it is thanks to you that New York City and Chicago schools uh, during the pandemic were able to open and stay open. And um, you know, I think that that really, not only that, but hospitals and uh, you know other countries, even. I mean, it's the brevity of of what you have done and and what you've created um, has you know been transformative for for so many of us. You know, it's interesting too for those that that may be watching or don't know, but Intellipure, the Super V, is what I still recommend yeah. every single client to put into their home because you know something that Vinny had understood and and why he took this path is something that I also understood is the smaller the particle we can remove, right, the better off our air quality is going to be. And I think uh, one of the challenges you had was right, how do we do that without creating pressure drop issues? And yeah you figured it out. And so, well, it was a huge, it was a huge team effort. My father really, really sharp engineer that really understood air quality and been in it forever, you know, and eventually he said, people will catch up. This is the greatest need of our time. And we had really great partners. You know, I think a lot of our success came down to aligning ourselves with great partners like Delos and, you know, governmental bodies and, and, and that are looking at the total well-building. Um, and for us, we work closely with them. And our goal has always been Michael, to provide a true solution. We, we never really were in the product business. If we couldn't provide a solution to meet someone's needs, we didn't want to sell them anything. And we always, we still have that philosophy and I still have that philosophy in everything I do, right? If we're not making a positive impact, we're wasting our time. And for me um, and for my father, and I think for my family, um, that's been a, a major focal point as we move forward. Yeah. And so now you've, you've shifted gears, right? You're looking at the next chapter and, and right off, right out the gate, you've already done some amazing philanthropy work. And so God bless you for that. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you, do you, do you mind, uh, you know, and this is a very delicate story and touching story. And, um, you know, do you mind sharing, you know, a bit about, you know, why we're here today and, 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 uh, you know, what, what had led you to, uh, you know, donating on your, your family's behalf? Yeah. So, you know, back 27 years ago, um, we were a small town family. My uh, my brother was a football player with this blue collar American family, a picture perfect. Right. And uh, we, my brother ended up uh, getting diagnosed with schizophrenia, really struggled with his mental illness. And my mother and father, again, who are two of the sweetest, most empathetic people you'll ever meet, really couldn't find answers. You know, we didn't have answers. They worked really hard to try to find the best treatment, the best solution. But, you know, people didn't really understand mental health at that time. It was very difficult for, and still today, the stigma exists around it. You know, we don't really understand it. We're doing better, but there's so much work for me to do. And so, you know, as we've been very richly blessed and uh, we're very humbled by that, with the success of our business, um, my family, my father, my mother, my sister, and I thought it was uh, really important for us to give back to the community. Um, we've done that in many ways, but this way was really important first to memorialize my brother who did pass um, through uh, suicide back uh, in 12, 27 years ago. And we donated a million dollars to Oswego Health, which is a great new world-class uh, mental health facility here in upstate New York, really doing uh, great work. Um, you know, that one of the things we found and struggled with is my parents worked and traveled all over the country to try to figure out a, a facility that was good for him. And what we found is most were dark and gloomy and they, they'd bring people in and almost institutionalize them. And it was hard. It was really hard because we didn't have answers and, and we couldn't find a place for him to go. When we visited the Swigo Health in, in the Lakeview Behavioral Health Center, it was what was amazing is it it felt like home, right? It it was warm. It was there were windows. You could see the lake. Um, it felt like a place where we hadn't seen and where 
we would feel comfortable going. And so it was a, very important for our family to do that, uh, to memorialize my brother and really to celebrate my mom's perseverance and all that she's done to kind of stay with us and work hard and keep our family together. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned about the stigma with mental health, you know, it, it is, it is, a, it is a big challenge. Um, I think we're all human beings uh, all throughout anyone's life has to struggle with some sort of uh, mental health issue, whether it's severe or acute. Uh, you know, when I was five years old, I had suicidal ideation. You think about, you know, how could a five-year-old have that when he's just beginning life? But um, you never know what someone, what is going through somebody's mind or what struggles they're dealing with or the, you know, the child trauma that, that happens to us. Um, and I think that we're, we're quick to judge in a society, you know, we have with the internet, we have so many internet trolls these days that just go and yeah. say negative things, you know, and the thing is, um, we, we, in order for us to build a better society, we have to come together and support one another. And mental health is not something you choose. Uh, in, in some cases, it's not something you're born with, you know, it's mm -hmm. something that, that, that happens, uh, you know, unfortunately over time, um, due to a major variability of different sure. things. And so as we look at this, you know, I think it's really important for those listening to, you know, empathize with, you know, the people around you, the, the people that you love and mm. support them for whatever challenges they may be going through, because it's that, you know, it, it could be that lack of support, you know, that, that, um, that makes things more challenging than needed. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I really thank you for kind of bringing this topic to light. Um, cause I think it's important to discuss, you know, what are your thoughts around the stigma? You know, why do you think that, uh, people struggle to be supportive? Well, I mean, I think like, you know, I think you just take a, a, a typical scenario of someone has cancer and they get, you know, they have chemo and they're losing their hair. Everyone's very empathetic towards them and they want to rally and support that person. Um, a lot of times when people have mental illness and they're really struggling, they internalize it. They don't want people to know. And so they act different or they do different things or strange things. And I think that, you know, I, I guess what the brain's the third largest organ in our body. And if we have something wrong with that, no one really cares. Right. Um, and we act different. I think the stigma, um, it certainly helps when you have professional athletes and people that are struggling that come out and talk about it. One of the things I can share is that, um, you know, we had a journalist here in town, Syracuse.com, Marnie. Um, who wrote the story, did a wonderful job writing the story, really dug in. Um, she had shared some really personal things with us as well. And what I found out is that we had thousands of pe people, Michael, reach out to us from all over saying how our story had touched them. And some of the most prominent people in and around the central New York community. And what you find with mental illness is that there's really no, no discrimination, rich, poor, black, white, liberal, conservative. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, what you have, um, it really doesn't discriminate and it touches all of our lives in one way or another. Um, and I think that what we have to do is, as we, again, I think empathy, one of the greatest leadership traits we could have. I think people are spending much more time thinking about that, talking about it, but this is, we need to get a hold of the mental illness problem in this country, um, or it's going to continue to really, really, really deteriorate people and our, and our society. And my, I believe we do not have a gun problem. We do not have, you know, a homeless problem. We have a mental health problem. And if we start addressing it, not just medicating it, but, you know, putting the funding towards what we really need to do. I mean, everywhere's cutting funding for mental health. Um, if we start really yeah. funding it in a way that's that's meaningful and we can get real case studies like with your business and my business before real case studies of how this money can go to help people and really get them to change their lives and their behaviors. I think we'll see a, a really nice new day and some light at the end of the tunnel. 
No, I, I totally agree with you. And I agree with that sentiment that I don't think we have a gun problem. You know, uh, I don't think we have a homeless problem. I do think we have a mental health problem because, you know, it's, it's, it's this, it's the majority of people where we see these issues where they've gone through something in life, you know, and yeah. that's something in life they were not able to heal from for one reason or another. And that's sure. where, where we have these dark times here. Um, you know, what, what do you see in, in, as far as mental health? And maybe this is a road we don't want to go down, but I, I'll ask it anyway. Uh, just in terms of mental health, you know, do you think the current trajectory we're on um, with regards to mental health is the right one? Or what do we need to do to, to course correct if that's not the case? Well, you know, I think people are talking about it much more, but I think, you know, it starts at such an early age. You know, social media, I think, is completely created this false sense of reality for most of our youth. You know, I I uh, have to watch my own kids. You know, I see the, the opinions they gather and gain by seeing someone else's Instagram. And, you know, you try to level set it and talk to them about what's really important. But the reality is, is they look at their peers sometimes more than they look at their moms and dads. So I think what we have to do is really look at that um, and creating a real sense of reality for what, what it is for our children and for our youth. I think we need to educate at a much younger age about being being okay to talk about it, right? I think we should have early childhood programs in our elementary schools and our middle schools talking about mental health. And it's okay if you have problems to talk about them. You know, for so long, those were kind of hidden. Um, and I really think we need to jump into that. I think in, in sports, in the sports world, I think a great place for colleges and high schools to start talking to their athletes about, you know, they're, maybe they're playing at a high level of sports or trying to do good in school and they can't handle all of it. I think it starts in a lot of those cases where we put too much stress on our, on our youth, really talking to them about it. Um, you look at, you know, high, high risk teens, um, really a, a troubling, troubling uh, group of people. And that's really from a lot of our programming, the money we're putting towards this is really where we want to spend our time and money is really helping the people most at risk that are um, struggling. And we find that that can range anywhere from 17 to 23. Uh, where, you know, they're looking at all these different choices in their lives. Maybe it's a dating issue. It's all these things are coming together. They're going into manhood or womanhood and all this. And it's one of those things where I think we just need to be more mindful that everyone needs someone to open a door for them at some point in their lives. And if we're starting that process earlier, I think it'll be much more helpful. I think we just need more funding as well. Everyone talks about, you know, governmental assistance. I think that there's nothing better our government could do than help people, uh, that are struggling with this issue. I think it'll make our society better, but I think we just have to do it earlier on and get it into the habit of being something that's normally talked about. And that's really what our purpose is. Our purpose is, is hey, listen, we were a, we were a blue collar family um, from the outside looking in. It looked like we had it together, and you know, before you knew it, it all it all uh, went south. And the, the the beauty of our story is, is we worked really hard as a family. Um, and, you know, I look at my brother as a hero. He was he was hearing a lot of voices in his head. The voices he was hearing were telling him to do certain things that I don't think he could live with. And so I think he he had to do something to take care of that issue. Uh, but we don't want my brother's story to happen to other families. We want our story to let people know that there is hope for people um, and that there is help. And Lakeview in Oswego is just one example of that. And I think that there's going to be so many more. And we're going to really continue to invest and put our time and effort into programming and into helping facilities like Oswego Health uh, grow and become more recognized so that people can get the help they need. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, kind of kind of circling back to the funding conversation, you know, um, do you think more research is needed in mental health that those funds should be appropriated for so that we can better understand not only root cause, but better treatment plans 
um, than what we have today? Is there, is there, are we ready for an evolution in this field? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's talking about it and I think we're getting closer. I mean, data always helps everyone's case. Right. And I do think that, you know, the more data we have, it's easier to get people to spend money. Um, I also think though, it's after we get people in treatment, it's what do we do with them after that? I mean, it's like anybody with alcoholism or drug addiction, that's not necessarily mental illness. I mean, I, there's a fine line there. Right. But, um, people that have severe mental illness, it's they, we can work on them and get them treated, but if we're not holding them accountable and we're not having programs after the fact that they've been treated inpatient, you know, it can all change. And I think that's the big issue here is, is how are we going to continue to invest in these people long-term? Right. And, yeah. st- and I think that comes to starting early and the earlier you start and the earlier we educate people and it's okay to have issues and to be able to talk to them and to be able to coach them and then being okay with not being okay is really, uh, I think the key to it. But yeah, I mean, the more data we have, Michael, the better. I think yeah. uh, people will really get behind that. No, no, I agree. And, you know, before we wrap up here today, I want to, you know, ask you, what what do you want people to know about mental health? And and more importantly, what do you want people to do uh, to, to help us support this next chapter? Yeah, I think what we have to do, especially as we go through this pandemic is, you know, I you, you hate to just be general and say, be kind. But the reality is, is like you, you hit the nail on the head, we really never know what someone's going through. And so to step back and just be kind, it's not about donating a million dollars like our family did. It's about just being kind and listening to people. You know, it's about uh, taking the time and going out of your way to do something for someone else that may need it that, you know, and I think the most selfish thing you can do is is give, right? I mean, it's the best feeling, feeling you'll ever have is when you give. And we mm-hmm. spend so much time trying to take and receive. And what I found, and it's a great blessing that was instilled in in me by my mother and father, who are some of the most giving people in the world, is that the more you give, the more you get. And it's it's almost a selfish thing, but it's one of those things that's really, it's it's, it's an amazing feeling. And I think that as a culture and as a society, we have to break away and just be kinder to people and really focus on the things that matter. Um, and it's, it's maybe peeling your kids away from social media and talking to them at, at, in the at evening and not, not sitting around and having a dinner together. You know, I find it hard for my family, four young kids, and it's getting them at the dinner table and having them put their phones down. But I think, you know, we're on, I'm, we're on the right track with what we're trying to accomplish as a society here with mental health. People are talking about it. You see commercials now talking about it. You see better treatments, but I really do think that if someone's struggling or a family's struggling, the more they talk about it, the quicker it'll re- reduce the stigma and hopefully erase the stigma and make it uh, hopefully a day where no one feels awkward about talking about the struggles they're going through because vulnerability truly is the key to, to freedom. That really, you know, as you become more vulnerable in life, whether it's business or whether it's your personal life, it really helps you become the person I think God meant us, meant us to be. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, I couldn't have said it better myself giving, giving is receiving, you know, the love you receive, the appreciation and the gratitude you receive is, is definitely worth more than money. Um, and of course people want to, people want to support others who do give, you know, and people want to support businesses that do care. And I think, um, sometimes companies lose sight of that. And, uh, it's really important to make sure that there, there is giving and caring involved because, um, it's the only way we get the society we want, right? And sure, uh, sure. it's a loving, caring society. That's what that's what we're looking for, all of us. That's and exactly I think, right. Uh, we have a to one. a healthy one, and we have to portray yeah. what we want. You know, and we have that's to lead exactly by example, right. just like you. And I, I really appreciate your, all your philanthropy work. Um, just to wrap up here, what's next? What's next for Vinny? 
You know, great question. There's a lot of really great things going on. Uh, I've taken a lot of time to spend with my family. You know, the first 20 years of my career, I was traveling all over the world and, and really working on the business with my father. And now it's been a real blessing for me to step back and spend a little time with my family and get to see the things that uh, all the great work that they're doing. Um, but, you know, I'm ready. I'm going to sink my teeth into a few really exciting projects. I love what you're doing. I, you know, there's there's so many great opportunities out there. And so I'm, I'm excited about the next chapter. And I'll sure, I'm sure I'll keep you up to speed on what's happening when it happens. That's amazing, Vinny. Well, I'm always looking, always looking forward to following you and seeing what what you're doing. Uh, it's very exciting. And for those listening, you know, um, it, this is all this is all amazing things. You know, especially with considering the fact that you know there's a lot of people that have mental health challenges, even with with poor air quality and being exposed mm. to poor air quality. And so that has been that has been a common theme I've been seeing more and more of. There's been studies. Uh, being done with that in mind. And I think that, you know, so it's just, there's, there's things that people go through, there's environments that people are exposed to all that can change things for us from a mental perspective. And so it's just really important to you never judge and you never know what someone's going through and always be supportive. And if we can do that, uh, we can make some really amazing change. So Vinny, Great. thanks. Thank, thank you for all I your, appreciate doing you, Michael, and awesome. everything you've done. Same. And really appreciate it. Likewise.